show number 67 of the Dave and Steve show. I am Steve and sitting right alongside me a mere 27 miles away is nobody. That's right. Uh, Dave, our, you know, our mighty part of the show has decided he's going to go and, and be on vacation. And that's good. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to say 27 miles away from Dave's mom is watching <laughs> his house. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Dave's mom's watching his house. Hi, hi Judy. Um, I waved. I just waved. Um, off and running. Um, Tracy is from parts unknown. He's lovely and buxom. I don't need to do it the way Dave does it because he's no. not here and he's not, he's not, not going to police no, this. I, I'm every bit as lovely as I used to be when that introduction was used about, you know, a decade ago, but not nearly as buxom because I'm, uh, you know, I, I am just pretty hot. I think I was telling you that the twenties and thirties were, or thirties and forties were a lost decades for me, Yeah, but uh, I'm making a comeback. Yeah. It feels good. Yeah. I, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm finding, um, I'm, I'm finding a thinner Steve in this body and, and <laughs> I'm, the... I'm finding him to be uh, confident and, uh, and lovely. And, uh, and I'm, and I'm really enjoying getting to know him. He's there. Just keep, keep looking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so this is a bit of an odd show, uh, with, with Dave being gone. Usually he's, He's here. He's pushing buttons and he's he's running running knobs and and doing all kinds of things. But uh, he entrusted uh, Tracy and I with uh, with the duties this week, and we're more than happy to uh, waste uh, forty five to uh, eighty three minutes of your time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's good. And those of you who've been listening from week one, and we appreciate you so much. Exactly. Um, you're used to this. You're used to that that time being gone from your lives. It's the it's the new listeners that are that are needing encouragement. They they still feel like they have so much to live for. Yeah. Could can so I listen to a lot of stuff to go to sleep. Do you think anybody ever listens to our podcast to fall asleep? Ah, gosh, I don't know. Probably by the time headlines roll around, it's nighty night time. I would imagine. <laughs> the uh, but I mean, they're definitely awake for what did you do last week? Yeah, yeah, for like, sure. Yeah, like, like uh, I, I would have like psychopaths. If that's what would they just listen to? People just I listen to I listen to stuff that yeah, sometimes it's a book that I've heard thirty times. Sometimes it's a book that I don't want to listen to. And it just, it's just noise to me. And that I, yeah. I have a friend that listens to Harry Potter movies uh, to relax and that they've, they, they provide some kind of cathartic and, and calming experience, probably memories from childhood. And so that they j just, these movies playing is, uh, is something that is relaxing to them. I can totally see that. I, I've, I've probably done that myself. Um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Harry Potter fan. I can say that because Dave isn't here. I can, right. I can say it because Dave isn't here. Um, any, uh, any movie that has like a three headed dog in it is not going to help me go to sleep. Okay. That, uh, that's, uh, and that's, that's just a rule I've lived by, uh, for many years. Something funny happened when uh, so I, we had the movies going and the last we had the last movie going at at our place one time and a friend of ours came over um, who had never seen any of them, never read any of the books, completely unfamiliar. Right. And sat down for the last Harry Potter movie. And I was trying to think of what that must have been like 
in her shoes um, because they speak an entire, there's no way you're going to be able to just be dropped into this movie and know what right. the hell is going on at all in any way, shape or form. You don't know what they're talking about. You don't know what a Horcrux is. You don't know what, you know, what a Voldemort or he who must not be named. There are all these rules in this universe that you need to know by the time movie eight comes out. <laughs> and it's, yeah, this this is definitely um, just cracking uh, the book to uh, uh, Revelation at the end, and just uh, uh, the seven seals and the whole bit. And uh, <laughs> this is very difficult. This is uh, this is high level. So definitely, I understand this. I think if I was in that situation and I had to and I had to watch, I would be I would be. There's an episode of the Twilight Zone where uh, this guy loses language. Right? He uh-huh. he's talking, and people all of a sudden start substituting random words where other words are supposed to be right. And, and it's, and that, that episode of the twilight zone absolutely terrified me because it shows him at the end where he's opening up a book and it's, it's a picture of a dinosaur and it just says Tuesday underneath it. (laughs) And, and I'm like, Oh, that doesn't make any sense at all. (laughs) This is going to be terrible. Um, so that's that. That's it, but it's, it's amazing though how it is that you can some some authors have been uh, this is Dave's going nuts right now by the way listening to this but uh, <laughs> how some authors are actually been very skilled about this and so in the in the uh, C.S. Lewis the 1930s and 1940s he had a um, space space trilogy that is known as and so uh, in it is a uh, a philologist uh, specialized in, in language. Uh, who's the main character. And so as he encounters these other beings, language is introduced to you. And so by the end of the book, you're reading like whole pages of these other, this other language that does not exist, uh, at least as far as I'm aware. And it makes, it makes complete sense. And so that's, that's how I think uh, Rosetta Stone uh, tricks you into thinking you can speak Portuguese. <laughs> I can speak Portuguese. Malasadas. That's, that's like, which, yes, which I was just introduced to this week, thanks to you. I did well, not know what it was. Well, um, you know, I'm a big fan of donuts and uh, and and they're Portuguese donuts. And I I think I've sent Dave the directive that when he's in Hawaii, he needs to eat these malasadas. I went a little bit overboard with them when I was there, but uh, I am a, I'm a big fan. I hope well, he gets anything um, worth doing is worth overdoing on yeah. occasion. <laughs> So and I definitely overdid it. Um, so in order to keep his brain from exploding, Tracy, I'm going to yeah. ask you how your week was. What did you do last week? It was really good. Um, I sent uh, last week, my oldest son, I sent him to uh, ground search and rescue training uh, at uh, ground search and rescue Academy at uh, joint base Lewis McCord, just about 50 miles from here. And uh, he's spending the uh, pretty much the whole, the whole week, uh, out in the woods, uh, eating bugs and, uh, and, and looking for your son in a parking garage somewhere. <laughs> and, uh, I, uh, so I, I'm hopeful he finds Zach, by the way, yeah, I, the, I um, so. so yeah, Rory's doing that, um, which would be interesting. I, I, I pick him up in a few days and I'm wondering like kind of what his story is, or if he looks at me at like, and with disbelief, wondering what I've done to him, the, the, I'm not sure which it's going to be. No, is that the orienteering um, area that they have there at the joint base? 
That's the well, yeah. It's a, they they're based actually they're kind of close to what is uh, they're close to a howitzer range. Oh, good. Uh, there, yeah. So I mean, he he could be uh, dodging artillery. I mean, which among uh, I mean, who among us has not dodged artillery at some point in yeah. our lives? But yeah. uh, so he um, it's he's off um, just kind of doing that, and I, I've been following uh, the, those uh, escapades as my wife describes them. And uh, the uh, they, they they seem like well I again I am I'm looking for him to come through with a, an exciting adventure behind him, or I'm looking at him possibly like when I pick him up in a couple of days is he going to be just terribly angry and disappointed that I did this to him? I'm not sure. You know he should just be happy that it happened. You know he should smile because it happened. Yes, he should d- d- definitely. And I think I think with the proper um, psychological. Uh, expertise he'll get there and that's that's civil air patrol right yep that's civil air patrols yep yeah i i did a little of that like a little of it um back uh back in the day and it's that's no joke like it's it it is a it's definitely an auxiliary of the of the armed forces and you are there's a lot expected of you in this this is not like this is not like boy scouts like you, no, you need it, to know your drill and you need to, you need to be able to march and you need to do all that shit. And yeah, it's, it, it is actually quite amazing as, as I was in uh, civil air patrol too, it was, uh, it was quite amazing that I expected it to be more like boy scouts and I'm not putting boy scouts down at all. No, boy no, scouts no, 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 is no, fantastic. No. Uh, but it's such a, it's, it is such a different thing where they not only have sort of observing military courtesies, but they give like a pretty significant responsibility to you to do things uh, right away. And, and sometimes there are peers again, that are like, could be anywhere between, you know, 15 and 19 years old are giving you directives to do things and, Mm -hmm. uh, and instructing people their own age in handling sometimes pretty expensive equipment. And, uh, and there's just it it um, in my life, which was filled with so much um, jackassery. This was one sort of like cordoned off area of my life, which had kind of order in it. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but I put an end to that. Right <laughs> <away>. <laughs> but you've retained a bunch of that stuff. I I, I went to, you know, um, session after session of Civil Air Patrol, where we where we had lots and lots of. Um, you know, lectures on search and rescue, lectures on, you know, flight and, you know, aerospace, yes, all, all that stuff. And it was, yeah. and it was great, you know, uh, it wasn't bad. And then, you know, you meet the recruiter that tells you that, uh, uh, well, no, you can't be a pilot because you have asthma. You've used a, you've used a prevental inhaler. So you're, there's no, there's no way they're going to let you be a pilot. <laughs> yeah. But they, and then they, you give they, up your dreams. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but they let you uh, feed the search and rescue dogs. Yeah, they that would see. They didn't even tell you. It was like pilot or nothing for me. Oh yeah, it's uh. But I mean, dogs would be like a close second. Yeah, if I would have known that they that the Air Force had dogs, I probably would have stuck around. Yeah, Yeah, that's uh. Yeah, that's uh. Well, you know, it's a it's a much more inclusive armed forces than it used to be. (laughs) Well, I'm happy to hear it. So. Off, off to search and rescue camp. So he comes back in a couple of days. Um, anything yep. else go down over there? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I, um, he'll get back and uh, life will return to normal, I guess, uh, for us for the most part. Is not, the toilet still in your closet? 
No, the toilet is not uh, in the closet right now. The toilet, all my toilets actually are where they're supposed to be, except for one actual possibility is because uh, my five-year-old likes putting things into toilets. And my, I, I have three boys. Uh, they, I only have one, uh, the five-year-old, uh, who has put things into toilets. And so one that we've just had successfully placed it's going to have to be pulled up again because uh, he's he's jammed something in there that's not supposed to go, and he just he just shrugs his shoulders like I I don't know I I tried it's yeah but, <laughs> it wouldn't go down yeah I mean it's whatever and, and uh, he doesn't see the big deal in it and I was like uh, trying to explain to him and uh, I, I I'm going to be honest with you Steve I don't think I'm getting across yeah yeah, yeah. that'll happen. Yeah, he doesn't care. I'm, uh, and uh, if he's like this at five, I don't know what happens at 15. I don't know if it, I, I think there's an ebb and flow to that. I don't think it just exponentially gets worse. Um, so, episode 400 will definitely reveal these stories. We, oh, yeah. It's, just, you know, record this one for posterity so that we can bring it out and you can shove it in our face when uh, I was wrong. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Do it. So anyway, I mean, just like, you know, toilet adventures and uh, in search and rescue. That's pretty much uh, uh, been my life with this week. What what has gone on with you this week? Well, you know, I I'm glad you asked. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tracy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing more driving with uh, with Zach um, as he's as he's learning. Um, he started his actual classes this week, which uh, which he's really enjoying. And I had him take me. uh I had him take me down, <laughs> had him take me down, um, uh, and drive me to town, right. To pick something up to, I think we were picking food up and on our way there, we took the route that makes him go through a couple of roundabouts, uh, down there okay. by all the wineries, you know? Oh, sure. Um, so in the, in the uh, Hollywood Hills area. Then, yes. Right? Yeah. That, sure. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, so down the hill and, um, we're through the first one, right. Things, things are going okay, you know, and I'm, <laughs> and then I, suddenly he goes clockwise through the next one. And he's, I, I'm realizing, you know, he's not stopping for the car that's already in the, you know, and I'm like, I'm, and, and I'm, I'm yelling, no, 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 man. <laughs> you know, I'm hollering. Um, I hollered some expletives um, uh, very loudly with the windows down. Okay. Um, Woodenville heard me. Uh, I'm ashamed, but uh, also I stand by it because it, <laughs> it did get him to stop the car. So was it all like elevated and panicked? And um, it was just uh, he echoing did, through he, the hills. He did worry a little bit. Um, he was uh, after I, I said, "No, man, you got to stop for the people that are in the in the circle." And now. He's not he's not really operating in a way that's that's really that far away from how most people are in traffic right. circles. He just this was, you know, this was one of those things where he needed to stop. And the other driver was watching for him, very courteous, totally okay, waved at us. All that's it it it, it was okay. It was all right. Um now, Tracy, if I we 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 get around it, okay? Now right. Tracy, if I say now, Tracy Stay in this lane. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you? That means I'm going to remain in the lane I'm in. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean um, what that lane and then you go in, then you change 
do it different because that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, yeah that those communication things need to be worked out. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. I th- I thought I was pretty clear, but um, but I wasn't. We did talk about it. When I say stay in this lane, it means don't move into another lane. And it's really stay is the thing, right? Mm-hmm. When you stay, yeah. you're often not going somewhere else. Right. And even among dogs, I, and I'm no dog expert, and you can, you've had many dogs, and so you can correct me if I'm wrong, but stay usually means don't go into the neighbor's yard and right. poop. Right, right, right. Yeah, unless you unless you have something worked out with the dog to put right. in the neighbor's so yard. This, yeah. this would be yeah, this would have to be a pre prearranged sort of uh wink wink kind of thing. Ex- don't, don't don't no, don't go oh bad dog. Yeah. And dogs Ooh. respond to a good wink, like a really good one. Um so it's <laughs> long story short, I, I, I take him I, I I take him the next day. And we, we make it through the, the traffic circles, right? And um, and I only yelled that same expletive one more time. Is It was very, it was fairly unique expletive. Um, but apparently that's my go-to when I feel like we're going to crash. And, and it worked. <laughs> that expletive worked. Now, he didn't like it, but it... I, I said, look, man, I, I, I know you pulled out in front of somebody. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, I had a, you know, like a 70 year old dude pull out in front of me today. So that should tell you that you're going to be making these mistakes the rest of your life. It's how you react to them afterwards. That's important. And Ooh, that's, that's, that's good. Take the pressure did, off. Did you like that little nugget there? Yeah, well, that I, was, I, that was pretty good. That was me thinking on my feet. He is a good driver and he doesn't know it yet. He really okay. is. Um, but you're not going to let him know yet. Well, you, you can't. You can't yeah. let him. You can't let him know they're good. Otherwise, they'll get cocky and they'll start driving with you know their knee and stuff. All the bad habits that he's seen me do through the years. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. And th- this is also a tell that he doesn't listen to the podcast. He definitely uh, listens to the podcast. Oh, <laughs> this is this is shot. We can edit this out and post though. Yeah, but, we, yeah, um, we probably will do that. We'll have to do that. The, uh, no, well, that's, that is actually then quite uh, interesting. Now, it's interesting that you said you have this go-to uh, when you think something's about to crash. The possibility of this word being your last word on in your life is actually quite great now. So. Yeah, it, it could be. Yeah, it really, it really could be. Uh, but it, but I hope, I hope not. Uh, it's right. not. On the list of like last words, like what do you, what do you want it to be? Um, on the list, what do I want my last words to be? Yeah. Um, I want it to leave people, um, guessing. Like I always thought it'd be fun to do, uh, there's a safety deposit box that it's, it's at the, the union standard bank. It's for, oh, and then just you're out. Like you don't give them enough information at all. And like you give them the name of a wrong bank, like right, like, like not. So they're they're rifling through your stuff exactly. while your body is exactly. still warm, looking for a key, looking for anything, and uh, and that that oh my gosh, that's I'm jealous. And I know I want to do it because I did a version of that when I um, when I quit um, one of my jobs when I left. <laughs> I I put out an email 
just thanking everybody like you do. And then I said, you know, over the years I've made, I made some money in my little side hustle with my band and that's let me do kind of whatever I want with it. So I took, um, several hundred dollars and broke it into, you know, twenties and fifties. And I hit it under the carpet squares in this, um, in this building. Uh, so on this floor in this building, if you see oh. any loose carpet squares, I probably put, you know, 20 or 50 bucks underneath it in a thing. And I sent it out. I sent it out in the morning before I had left. And I'll be darned if this um, if this very enterprising uh, young uh, marketing uh, person hadn't like pulled up several carpet squares looking for like pulled them up, like pulled them up, Tracy. So the the adhesives and everything just just fighting against it and just, yeah. just rip them up. And, yeah, just uh, rip those suckers up. And it made me want to it made me want to actually put a twenty under one of them just to just to wet the appetite. Like, oh my god, he's not kidding. Um. <laughs> that is no, that is uh, that is uh, well, that is that is amazing. I've I've never thought of that. Uh, mostly the in the jobs that I've quit, uh, I've simply just said, uh, yeah, you don't have me to kick around anymore. And oh, then yeah. Yeah, just kind of went a little Nixon on them, but yeah, I I like uh, I liked I I like the gag where you you thank everybody and you sprinkle in a couple people that are don't exist like <laughs> so and so from like oh my god I don't know those people yeah Ted uh, Williamson in uh, in uh, HR yeah one of the for all his guidance exactly. over over the years definitely exactly. and all the help he did particularly with that uh, one uh, like the social security withholding snafu that what happened. <laughs> Something uh, just your lifesaver. Some sure. bananas like that. I I, yeah. I really I really like that. Have you now I know you have pulled several pranks at work. Um yes. Uh tell me your favorite one and then I'll tell you one that I did that that just about melted our HR person. I think um we're uh at a at a job where I where I, I may or may not work, there was there was a time when I went there and the, the age of the population there was kind of high. Um, so in a, in a uh, in an industry where people have pensions and things, they mm -hmm. they have long careers. And so it was kind of high. And so interesting what was happening is that every place I went where there had been some sort of like office contention uh, before, uh, there was a, a sort of a passive aggressive note on everything. And I began to learn that where I worked um, had notes for everything, telling you how to do everything. Like if you don't use the coffee pot wrong, don't, you know, uh, don't make a mess at the, at the, at the, on the sink, on the floor, you know, that we all share this and, you know, and everything had these sort of passive aggressive instructions in it, but I was floored by the instructions that appeared in the men's bathroom. And they appeared like above the urinals. And weirdly, there were some specific signs that appeared above the um, the toilets in the stalls. Oh. Uh, explaining, because somebody who put these signs up and went to the, the, the great, you know, the great effort to be able to put these signs up, was fed up with uh, pee pee on the seat and on the floor. So in a very detailed manner, explained how it is and a little demeaning. I don't yeah, mind. Okay. Adding that, uh, how it is that you're supposed to use the toilet. So I'd worked there a couple of years and these had just remained up there forever. And so I decided what I was going to do is 
if I was starting to not see them anymore because they'd been there so long, maybe others weren't either. So what would it be to just slightly change these signs so that um, I explained instead of, you know, how this person meant, it, it, how it is that if you were like performing a bowel movement into this toilet from the standing position. Uh. And so how it is I described in the same sort of demeaning detail, how it is that this should occur. And then I just stuck them up there, replaced those signs and then waited. Mm -hmm. And then it was about, they were up there for about four and a half weeks. De yes, definitely. Wow. So it's amazing that people actually saw them. Then there began to be talk about them and then the signs were gone. And then a memo went out to the entire um uh to the entire company <laughs> about how the, about these signs and so most of like and then it's funny because most where i work it's about 70 percent female so they knew nothing about these signs they knew nothing about these signs that listed existed only in the men's bathroom but this uh this uh, email had gone out uh explaining uh and where i work this was a serious thing like they were going to call an all hands meeting Mm -hmm. about this you know like uh, we need to talk about this bathroom thing so even though it being small the uh the seriousness at which the the people at the time that worked at uh, at that place um took that with just uh uh with uh with a great umbrage <laughs> and so uh but uh for me i, I was uh, i was very happily satisfied oh i well but, i bet i bet you i would i would have loved that that would have been fantastic so, so definitely with you, did you, did you have one that just conquered all of your pranks forever? Oh, um, there, there, de okay. I'll, I'll tell you one and then I'll tell you the other one. Um, right. okay. So, uh, the, we had this HR person named Edna, who's just the sweetest person, uh, like give you the shirt off their back. I mean, just a great just a, a, a great person. You're like, uh, Hey, I know that's nice, but put your shirt back on. I never witnessed her oh, give okay. her shirt to anybody, but, um, just super sweet, kind and very soft spoken. Um, but just a lovely person. And so <laughs> my buddy and I thought it would be fun to get a, <clears throat> to get a cake for the end of the week. So we, we told everybody we were going to, we were going to go out and get a cake from Costco. It was a big sheet cake. And then everybody could come and just have it for no reason, no reason at all. We were just going to go and pick up a cake. And we were very clear in our emails. We're just going to go and grab a cake at Costco and come back. So two or three days before that, I go to Costco and I put in my order. Um, and, uh, and we go and we get the cake and we come back and we set it down and we call everybody around and we open up the, we open up the cake and I immediately start cutting into it. And it says happy 50th anniversary, Harry and Lois. <laughs> and <laughs> and everybody just, <gasps> oh, Oh, they just couldn't. They were like, that's who? No, 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 don't, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, you know, this, you know, $20 cake. Um, like I just ruined Harry and Lois's life 
you know, like, right. like there they are in their mid seventies. Yeah. Yeah. They've had a good life. They've had a good run. They don't exist. Barely but... know their own names <laughs> and let alone. Edna was beside herself. Oh, no. She just, Oh, Oh no. Oh no, Stephen. Oh no. And, um, and I'm like, oh, Ed, Ed, do you want a corner piece? You know, I'm just like, I'm cutting right through the names, you know, just like, oh, no, it's like, it's completely. And she's, this is somebody's cake. I said, no, no, I just picked it up out of the cooler. They let you, they let you pick up whatever cake out of the cooler. No, no, Steve, that, that this is clearly for somebody else. It, it's somebody ordered this special. And I'm like, oh, oh, you know, there's, I don't think they'll care. And I just keep. It's, it's, no, it's no big deal. No. Oh, she just was. And then. Like she just, she, she just, she literally just got, she pale, like the color just drained out of her face. And I let her off the hook immediately because I thought she was going to throw up. Um, I said, Edna, this is, this is a joke. This is, this is, I made this joke. This cake belongs to nobody but me. I wrote it. Here's the order form. I had, like, I had to walk her through it a couple of times because... (laughs) Well, and, and she was half convinced that it's the very real possibility was there that you are a terrible person. <laughs> exactly. That's, yes. Yes. That was that's So that was one of my favorites. But the best one I did okay. was um, I convinced um, four or five people uh, that sat around me in these cubicles that the moon landings didn't happen. <laughs> Okay, good, good. I they good. were all they all they they were all like, "No, no, the moon landings absolutely happened." It, it, you know, they of course, you know, it's it's history. Mm-hmm. And I start peppering in like and this is over weeks and months, right? So like over a couple of months, I'm grabbing stuff off of websites, I'm showing them things and I'm and I'm reasoning things out. This just can't happen because uh, you know, Obviously, the crosshairs are there. Look, there's no stars in the sky behind this person. There's no, you know, I'm I'm laying out all the classic, you know, all the all the classic uh, nays- arguments. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All the arguments, things like that, and um, you know, I'm bringing in Stanley Kubrick and explaining how you know the Apollo sweater in um, in The Shining and how that represents that he was really the one that filmed it after 2001. You know, all I'm, I'm bringing in all these pieces and say, why would he change the number on the door in The Shining to 237? Because 237,000 miles is how far away the moon is from it. It's just like all these, all right, these pieces. Right. And I'll be darned, Tracy, if I didn't convince every last one of them that the moon landings didn't happen. Yeah. yeah and that's, uh, that's very instructive. So I did that. And then I, um, then somebody, uh, somebody brought it up and then I'm like, oh shit, I need, I need to let, I need to let them off the hook. And I, and I had the perfect thing. Um, I said, okay, Hey, I need you to call. Um, I need you to call. I think it was Sherry over in accounts payable or accounts receivable. And I need you to ask her to bring over the envelope. And, um, (laughs) they're like, okay. So. Sherry brings over the envelope. She hands me the envelope. I hand the envelope to, um, to one of the three guys that stand in there and it, they open it up and it's clearly dated, you know, from a long time oh, ago. Oh, oh, wow. And, um, this is, this is the origin of it. And that, it, uh, 
and it's a it's a note saying hi by now you all believe that the um <laughs> that the moon landings never existed or never happened um uh i'm i'm here to tell you that uh this was just a bit of fun for me um to uh you know see if i could persuade anybody if this really didn't happen um thanks for thanks for taking part of it but uh they absolutely did happen um all of that stuff was you know um, so either photoshopped does, or does, taken out of context bring, like belly laughs or do they hate you i mean or a little well <laughs> it was a bit of both man one guy didn't talk to me for a couple of days and and one of the guys left like he <laughs> he had to leave well, you just leave the planet. He laughed. Really, he laughed really, really hard, but he just picked up his bag and left. Like it was just the end of the day for him. And it was probably 1130 in the afternoon, 1130 in the morning. Um, but uh, but that was probably my most elaborate. Yeah, that's always I I never gone that far, but I always because it used to whenever something wouldn't work, the, 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 the catchphrase for things used to be like they can land a guy on the moon, but they can't make a thing that does a thing you know that yeah, was yeah. always like so my my what i always did my twist on it was always like hey they can fake a moon landing <laughs> but they can't make a toaster that can toast with a dam <laughs> you know and it, that would be and people would just look at me kind of funny uh there but because you know, because to me i like as over time it actually became uh more impressive to fake the landing than it is to actually do the landing so right. i felt like the the timing worked in my uh, right in my and I, and I love it when the conspiracies overlap each other, um, where you get the people that are absolutely certain that the moon landings didn't exist, but are also certain that um, when they were up on the moon, they saw other beings up there and other structures and things, and, they, and they're not... Allowed. So they... There, the the logic just completely shatters, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, there there are some things that there the people uh, want to believe that do sort of like cross against each other uh, uh, narratives that work against yeah. each other. No, that doesn't uh, that doesn't track. It. None of that shit tracks. <laughs> you know. So. Yeah, and I mean it all it all just comes down to who it is you distrust the most, <laughs> and uh, and so that's uh, and I you know I that's that's me too there's i i don't know we, we we've talked about and dave and i have talked about i know uh and uh you were with, at least within earshot as we talked about uh conspiracy theories that you and i or in and dave may subscribe to mm -hmm. uh that are sub uh, that are surprising and when it comes to these things of the three of us and we've talked about these generally we're skeptical uh, of these things in general, but it'd be interesting to find out if there's a couple of stories that might be like surprising that there might be a thread of logic that we have least give some credence to. Right. That somebody was 92% correct on. Yeah. It's like, and by the way, that's not bad. It's like, oh yeah. It's like all that's true, except uh, Hoover didn't know, you know, <laughs> like that, that yeah. kind of, that kind of thing. Or, you know, the, the per the person he was wearing a green jacket instead of a blue jacket so right you know, that kind of, there's, there's yeah there's always some nuance that dumb right thing but sure. uh, anyway uh, I think it's time for a break I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna play one of our one of our uh, valued uh, commercial uh, sponsors if that's okay oh wonderful yeah. all yes. right here we go. Listen, I'm not really any good with mechanical things. I never look forward to family get-togethers. My dad always busts my balls about battery-powered tools in my hybrid car. 
My garage smells like fabric softener. When I found Gearhead Essential Oils, it was a real game changer when it came to having the family over for the holidays. They come in several popular scents like Gleeful Gasoline, Beautiful Bondo, and my personal favorite, Sensational Solvent. Just a few drops in the diffuser and soon my garage was transformed into the Grease Monkey's Paradise. As a bonus, they threw in common automotive mechanic terms to use. I sound like a real mechanic. Wow, son. I can tell you've really been working away in here. Yeah, my buddy needed my help adjusting the valves on his old Ford pickup. Figured I may as well rejet his carburetor while I was at it. Well, I bet it runs much better now. I have no idea what I'm saying. The basic set of oils is $80, but if you order the deluxe oil assortment, you will get a set of eight essential oils and they'll throw in an extra gearhead diffuser for free. You know, son, I've always been real proud of you. Thanks, Dad. I love you. Easy there. Let's not ruin this. Right. Gearhead essential oils. High octane scents for the modern man. The bicycle wheel is, for all intents and purposes, a hoop or a rim which is connected to the wheel hub by a series of spokes. These spokes provide a proportionate amount of tension against the hub to allow the wheel to roll straight in both radial and lateral turns. The tension is maintained on the spokes by turning a small mechanism on the rim end of the spoke called a spoke nipple. By twisting each nipple carefully, you are able to quickly move beyond the boring manual adjustment stage and begin enjoying the fun and physical exertion from one of life's more enjoyable recreational hobbies. This has been Tracy's excuse to say nipple twisting minute. That's excellent. It really, it really is. I don't, I don't usually pat myself on the back after that. That was, uh, uh Dot Wiggins. Do you remember the, do you ever hear about the band, the Shags? Yes. From yes. many years ago. So Dot Wiggins, uh, the Dot Wiggins band, uh, long after, uh, uh, the Shags have been around and the listeners who don't know this, this was a, I think a group of girls that I think came out of like Vermont or New Hampshire. And uh, they were forced by their father to form kind of a pop band and they were never exposed to any music at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, really. They had musical training, but weren't, weren't like they were uh, pop music, like the Beatles or whatever, weren't allowed to be played in their home. So they almost like aliens dropping into our planet trying to do music that they thought would be popular, began writing songs and recording them with, with very little, like sort of like organized organizational structure of what pop music was. And from that, that band, the Shags was born. And some of the music is like uh, Frank Zappa thought it was some of the most ingenious kind of stuff in the world. And some of it is really fascinating, but, um, and hard to listen to sometimes and fascinating at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but uh, later on, uh, as an adult, Dot Wiggins uh, did the song uh, Banana Bike, and I included that in a minute. Well, that Banana Bike song, it, I, I was like, oh, is this the Shags? Because it, yeah. like it sounded like somebody that from... And I, I look, I love novelty music. I, right. I, think, it's, I think it's amazing and kind of the worse, the better. 
Um, you know, like the, are you familiar with like the Mrs. Miller album? Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, so yeah. yeah, like that. Um, I, I, I love a good, you know, novelty act and, but the shags, I couldn't make it to the end of the song. Um, the shags was, there was a little hard. It was a little challenging. And, uh, it was interesting that, uh, they would have rather, they probably would have gone unnoticed, but somehow, like in a couple of interviews, Frank Zappa had talked about them and kind of put them on the map and they become almost like a seventies cult movie. Um, and you can, so on, they're on YouTube. You can uh, see BBC did a great uh, interview and documentary on the shags as well. I saw their reunion where they played, you know, with my, my pal foot foot or my friend foot yeah. foot. <laughs> but, and, yeah. and it did not age um, any better than it was when it first came like it, like, I'm like, did they fix it? No, they didn't. Yeah. Fix that's, um, I felt the same way with journey yeah. though. <laughs> and so interestingly though, it, it was kind of funny in that interview where they talked about basically like, did they know what they were doing? And so like the interview, uh, the person who put together the documentary, the BBC actually kind of like, look, they had sheet music and things written out so that there was this, what they had created this very, we could consider it avant-garde or like very like just naive. Um, it is somewhere in between there, but uh, it is music that uh, was strangely uh, organized where the, the, the drums like loosely sort of followed the beat and the guitar kind of like loosely sort of surrounded the vocals and the vocals kind of like, followed their own meter and it was very unusual that they could not only do this music but could repeat it mm -hmm. um that's uh that's quite remarkable so um. i i i felt like i mean the fact that i and i didn't know the backstory that the father uh made them form a pop band after not allowing this is like <laughs> a, this is such an evil psychologist type thing to do like yeah. this is somebody that that was that studied like um you know, what what do they call it when they when a kid does it uh, like uh, reactive detachment syndrome or something right. like that um <laughs> where where they don't get love for like and and they're just like their their psyche is like completely ruined and or where they you know they they find a they find a kid that's been raised by wolves or something and then they exploit it by bringing them around showing them off like, Oh, look what he does. Look what he, look what he'll do for a couple of figs, you know, like just lucky what he can do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, it's, so, yes. so, um, so the fact that they were kind of, you know, really exploited like that, like, okay, we're going to put you in, you know, matching outfits, just like the Supremes. We're going to put a bunch of, you know, uh, we're going to put some, we're going to hang some instruments on you like the monkeys and, you know, go to town. That. <laughs> But yeah. here, here's some and, sheet music. You know how to follow music, right? Yeah, great. Here you go. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's quite remarkable. Any listeners out there want to listen to the Shags? They're on, they're on YouTube, and it's a, it's a wonderful musical journey for sure. And, and no kidding, Frank Zappa liked him. You know, I, I'm, I'm a fan of a lot of Zappa's stuff, but it's some of it is weird just to be weird. And yeah you know yeah that's uh it is and it's it's it is kind of like uh you could see probably some of the shags influence yeah. on him for i sure. i i have no doubt that that you know um shake your booty came out 
with uh, with some shags influence on that. But anyway, that banana bike um, that banana bike song is better than the shags stuff in, in terms of pop music um, that you can just yeah, grab there's onto. There's some conventional structure to it that yeah. uh, it's more accessible. So if you want to, <laughs> like yeah, Phil Spector got a hold of. Her. Yeah, we just need to clean this up just a little bit. So yeah. So anyway, if you feel like the shags might be too much, just go Dot Wiggins band and then then dive into the earlier uh, catalog. All right. Well, that's cool. Um, so I guess it's now it's time. I think we need to talk about headlines. Uh, so I'm gonna. And now straight from the Dave and Steve Show news desk in beautiful Anytown, USA Plaza. It's Tracy Green with this week's headline. (laughs) Our first story, an angry Florida man pulled a gun on a drive-thru worker because they forgot the cream cheese with his bagel. (laughs) You know he did. According to a certain police department in a certain town, care to guess? In Florida. Cream cheese bagel insights. That sounds like uh This has some demographic things that are pulling in different directions. Yes, it does. Yeah. It certainly does. Um, okay. So I, I'm going to say Tampa on this one. Ooh. Uh, no. no. Miami Gardens Police. Oh. The employee just happened to be the daughter of the police chief. And police said the man came angry at a Starbucks drive-thru when they messed up his order earlier in the week, and he returned to the window screaming at the employee. She asked whether he had paid for the cream cheese, at which point he became enraged, pulled out a gun, and according to the rest report, Chief Delma Noel Pratt told local news that the um, that the experience trauma uh, traumatized her 23-year-old daughter. The chief's daughter told police that the man did not point the gun at her but that she fears that she would hurt herself or that he would hurt her if she didn't give him the cream cheese (laughs) well that sounds um like somebody was caught up in some in some at-home drama right yeah you're you're suggesting that it's deeper than the cream cheese i i you know what i don't think it's about the cream cheese I, I think it's probably about something else, and I, I think I think Daddy needs to fess up to it. I think um, possibly we should have uh, that. See if we can get that guy on the show and see if we can unpack some of the issues that kind of led up to oh, this. Oh God, that would be so terrible. That would uh, so anyway. That would be interesting. So she felt in fear of her life. Uh, it was upsetting to me to know that someone would go to such an extreme because of not having cream cheese on his bagel have you had the cream cheese at starbucks um i haven't had the starbucks cream cheese uh, at least not for a while um i know i I don't think that there's really anything special about it um yeah i've had the cream cheese at uh at panera bread and that's that's pretty good cream cheese i I mean bread phil i mean and they're obviously they're not a sponsor but uh panera bread uh, it feels like hospital food to me oh really sometimes yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm basically in a commissary and, uh, and, uh, you know, in someone's leg is broken. So are you talking like, uh, are you, uh, so are you saying like they're, they're baked goods or are you saying like when they prepare like the soup, like is the soup and the sandwiches? Oh, the soup and the sandwiches feel like they come straight out of, uh, 
uh, general hospital. And, okay. and I mean the, uh, the, um, the, the, the soap opera. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, so. because I, I remember Dave telling me that one of the finest places that you, you thought, um, you know, as far as eateries were concerned was the, was the Monroe hospital commissary. Like you thought that, that for a while I was pretty, am I, am I totally off base or did I? No, I'm um, actually, no, I've eaten there a couple of times and uh, they had a couple of things that were uh, pretty decent. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they, uh, so I would put them on par with a good Panera bread for sure. Okay. But uh, I, but I have nothing to compare it to at Starbucks. I do. In fact, it's really only been a couple of years since I've known that they, uh, they uh, serve food. Oh, yeah. yeah, so um, don't uh, don't frequent there. They do, they do. They, some of the food is good. Some of it's, I mean, it's it's still somebody passing you meat through a window, right? That's you know, that's that's really what yeah. it is. Yeah, you just uh, yeah, you just described my college years pretty so, much. Uh, so. Second story: an Indonesian man with the coronavirus is boarded a domestic flight disguised as. His wife, wearing a traditional head covering, his face carrying a fake ID and a negative COVID test result. But the cover didn't last long. Police say flight attendants aboard the CityLink plane traveling to uh, from Jakarta noticed the man was changing his clothes in the lavatory. He bought the plane ticket with his wife's name and brought her identity card, the COVID negative test result, and vaccination card. All the documents are under his wife's name. But police uh, said that after arresting the man upon landing, he was only identified by his initials. Oh, so that he would not be uh, shamed for doing a completely shameful thing, putting everybody on that plane's life at risk. And, you know, yeah, well, great. <laughs> you know, didn't they beat up that poor doctor uh, for not yes. getting off in... Uh, uh, Cooperstown or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, but this is a, there's there's kind of layers of shame here, right? Yeah. There there are kind of onion layers uh, of shame that are going on here. Besides just the the whole deception that when you peel it all back at the end of the day, he's just uh, um, stealing his wife's uh, clothes. Yeah, yeah, at the end of the day, that's pretty much it. Police took uh, him for a COVID nineteen test, which came back positive, and the man is currently self isolating at home. And police said. The investigation will continue. Yeah, he's not. Um, he's not self-isolating at home. A person that that goes to those lengths to get on an airplane, not self-isolating at home. In fact, yeah. I, I bet he was told to, said he would, didn't. Probably went back to the airport. <laughs> And, you know, put on a muumuu and, and hopped on the, he's the got next a, flight. Uh, yeah, he's got a, uh, like a... Uh, um, a uh, one of those uh, store dummies uh, yeah. sitting in his favorite chair in front of the TV, dressed as him, rocking back uh, and forth. His, yeah. Yes, with his hat on while he's uh, at an airport, uh, dressed as uh, his youngest daughter. Oh yeah, because he knows what he did wrong. He knows what got him caught. He almost made it, right? So yeah. he didn't dress at the airport this time. He dressed at home. So close is what yeah. he's thinking. Shame, a little dose of shame, could help out here. And there's no mention of why it was so urgent for this person to fly. Was like uh, Neil Sedaka doing a concert nearby or? No, I, I looked to see what it was that was, uh, but uh, I, I have no idea. But uh, he, he knew um, that only traveling as his wife was going to be the, uh, the way to be able to do it. 
Okay. Well, that's terrible. Okay. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Story number three, eating a full plate of colorful foods like strawberries and peppers, which include flavonoids, could slow your cognitive decline, a new study has found. And yet nobody will eat them. He's <laughs> like, yeah, well, I'm going to take my chances. Well, that I mean, like a few years ago, it came out that if you just, if, if men would eat a handful of broccoli and cauliflower a day, they would take their chances of having prostate cancer down to nothing. And yet prostate cancer runs rampant. Um, yeah, it is a time, but uh, it's interesting. Uh, the it, I you need to eat some beets, there, Tracy. Well, I don't know. It's just uh, I went on a diet of basically eating kind of that for a while, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know what it was. If it was just the 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 volume of uh, of uh, fiber traveling through my system at that time, but there were times of the day where I felt my my stomach was yeah. just kind of come completely undone. Uh, yeah, like, like I was eating glass, basically. Yeah, uh, I've look. I've had I've had a lot of stomach cramps, um, and uh, and I'm going to walk you through a few of them. Here we okay. go. Um, no, the uh, uh, I like uh, so I like beets. Okay, and sure. th- that's one of the foods, right? That was mentioned, or am I just inject injecting myself into this? Uh, strawberries and peppers. Um, no, let's strawberries just, and peppers. Let's just say beets are there. No, they're not. They're not. Let's, we'll talk about beets some other time. I like strawberries and peppers. So does it talk about whether or not the peppers have to be, um, spicy or not? Uh, no, it does not. So people who ate 600 milligrams, that's just about 0.02 ounces of flavonoids per day had a 20% lower risk of cognitive decline than those who ate only 150 milligrams. Um, per day, according to the study. Published Wednesday in American Academy of Neurology Journal, flavonoids are a series of compounds with strong antioxidants abilities that are commonly found in many fruits and vegetables. Uh, Damage to the blood supply to the brain is an important contributor to cognitive decline, and apparently uh, flavonoids uh, do something there. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's good. I'm betting the the peppers need to be spicy to break through all those Taco Bell, you know, midnight orders that that you're trying to get through to get to the brain. That's (laughs) that's that's probably it. When it comes to peppers, are you like more on the spicy side or more on the Um, the as my as my taste buds die, um, I, I am getting a little spicier. I'm really like I like a jalapeno pepper um, uh, on occasion and, and, and in that range. But when you're getting into the, you know, million Scoville range. Yeah, the, uh, like the, the ghost, ghost pepper. Yeah, pe- that, yeah, yeah. like uh, there's a Mrs. Renfro's makes my favorite um, uh, salsa. We don't have any salsa sponsors. Um, Does so, uh, Mr. Renfro know about this? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, she seems to be doing just fine on her own. Um I, I really like her, uh, her salsas. She had a nacho cheese dip that was a ghost pepper cheese dip. And, and I'm like, okay, well it's still, it's sold, you know, at the store. It can't be, it can't be that bad. It's, I mean, it's aggressive. It's, it's It's a little angry. Yeah. Like not so aggressive that I wouldn't eat it, but I wouldn't eat much of it. You know, right. Did your bladder, I mean, did it, did it, uh, did it make your pee sting? 
Uh, no, but it made me smarter. I felt like I, I felt like my cognitive abilities were like 20% better. I don't know. Did I just, did I loop it back? Yeah. Yeah. You just, uh, you just rolled it back oh, a little good, bit there. Good, good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I like it. And peppers like I'm, I'm mid, I'm mid pepper guy. I, you know, mid, mid to mild. It doesn't need to burn my mouth out. Um, Wendy though, holy cow, she can eat super, you know, super hot stuff. And it doesn't, the, 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 I, I can handle the heat, but my body just like freaks out with the, the sweating. Like I, uh, I can think about peppers and sweat. Yeah. Like I, and I don't even know what that is. If that's even a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a, I mean, what are they like, called? Like right now thing? I'm thinking about sweaters or peppers and the back of my legs are sweating. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's a real, that's a real thing. That's a psychological that's thing. Not a real thing. No, that's, sure, that's... sure, sure. I know everything. I wonder uh, if uh, thinking about peppers will um, slow my cognitive decline. I wonder. That's a test they never run. If uh, if you think of them really fast, then I, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't have the answer to that, Tracy. I, I don't no. Know. Well, anyway, if any of our listeners know know the answer to that, yeah, I'd please write in it. to us to yeah, the the, uh, the Dave and the Steve Show at gmail dot com. Yes. Our fourth story: funerals are a grave experience. Oh. Grave diving. Uh, Greg. Uh, blah, excuse me. Go. Stop show. Grave diving. <laughs> It went so well in, in rehearsal. Yeah. Grave uh, digging competitions, not so much. At least one in Slovakia where the second annual international grave digging championships took place this week. 11 two-member teams from Slovakia, Poland, and Hungary got down and dirty to see who could dig the best grave in the fastest time using only shovels picks according uh to a local newspaper using only shovels and picks yep using only shovels and picks okay um so. and they're judged on they're judged on who can dig the best grave yeah the best grade so those specifications are uh grave digging uh judges are pretty picky about uh when it comes to a good grave now no shit. it has to be uh five feet deep now it's uh, six feet is always what I, I was told, but apparently in, uh, in Eastern uh, Europe, five feet will do it. Uh, six and a half feet. Well, long. there's so many people yeah. buried over there that if you go six feet, you're going to run into another body. Oh, that's a good point. So five feet will at least keep you a little bit of a buffer. So maybe in, like you're saying in a hundred years, it'll be four feet in 10 years. It'll be four feet. You got to stack them on there. So six and a half, six and a half feet long and three feet wide. So you can, so you can, that, that seems like an economy coffin that's going in there. That doesn't seem like the, the big, the big, uh, grandiose jobs that you'd be driving. But you know what? It's, it's like, uh, oh, what is it? Like the, the, the lumberjacks that are, that are, you know, out there splitting, splitting wood. They're not using, they're not using those saws and those axes like out in the real, in the real world, cutting trees down, right? No, I mean, yeah. No, I mean, those, are the com those are competition things. Paul yeah. Bunyan, and they painted an ox blue to sure. hang out with. Oh, but, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorite places, though. Is if, you, if you go through the Redwoods. Have you been to the, through the Redwoods and gone to the Trees of Mystery? No, and I'm concerned that they're burning down. I'm, I'm worried that I'm going to miss it. Yeah, well, you should get out there. You should get out there. 
and uh, see them. But uh, they, those are hardy trees, though. They can they can handle a fire or two, okay. and and have. So, well, I mean that they'll, they'll. I mean they're probably going to be there for the next couple of years. So you have some time. I'll agree to disagree. Uh, All right. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so All right. that that's that sounds like the end of the headlines. Yeah, it's the news, fella. <laughs> fella. All right. Well, um, it's been it's been a it's been a good time. It's hard without Dave. I'm telling you, he's he's a he's a big part of the show. It, but you know, we could do this again. It's, yeah, I I, th- yeah. I think we, yeah. We and this isn't the first time you and I have have done this show uh, together. While Dave was in, um, gosh, where was he? He was Kathmandu. in um, He was in Kathmandu. Yeah, Kathmandu and uh, and um, Jakarta and Jakarta and and in Finland once, and that one. Uh, yeah, yeah he was in, in Finland for sure. But uh, um, and you guys, I uh, you guys did the show uh, without me when I was in Montana once. Mm-hmm. I remember that, and I and I, I remember listening to the show on, on a toilet in a Motel Six. You guys did a um, show without me, so much so that you like created a new show. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, we it was the, the dangly show. the dangly bits show that uh, featured midweek, and uh, yeah, we had uh, that was a, that was a tight thirty minutes, fast moving, uh, fast paced. It's a better uh, show. I wish that show would come back. Yeah, that was a great show. It had one of the things I remember about that show is it had so much me on it. It did, and I really, I really did love. It did that. have a lot. It did have a yeah. lot of you, but that was good. That was good. Um, all right. Well, you know, uh, it's it's been fun. I mean, it's been a it's been a good time. So uh, for Tracy and for Dave, who in absentia, and Steve, we will talk to you next time on the Dave and Steve Show. This will be. Uh... No, it's all right. We're saying goodbye at this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is Dave still talking at this part? We used to talk over the outro. Okay. Well, for all of us, we're so glad you were here with us. Tell your friends about the show, by the way, if you like it. If you want it to stick around, it would be great if you told a friend. I like, it. I like those threats. Yeah. You, you want this to stick to around you need to you need to share with your mom come on man you're only hurting yourself that's that's old bill murray thing yes oh this is driving dave nuts right now yeah he's like guys this song's going on people love this song they don't want to hear you yeah they listen to this song another on 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 the episode before there's 66 other episodes where this song is just going on listen to that Yeah, okay, well, I'm done talking. Yeah, me too.